I'm Tommy Salmons. This is year zero. It is unprecedented times that we live in. We have never seen anything like what we are seeing today. And one of the aspects of American life that is coming into light is the regulatory state and the nature of regulations. <sighs> Pardon me, I'm still drinking my coffee this morning, sitting on my porch, observing some of the work I did this weekend and uh, getting ready to get back in a truck and uh, make sure you get products. How do you like them apples? So, the nature of the of regulation is is much like what Bastiat had encountered whenever he had observed the seen and the unseen of economics that you see most people are capable of seeing the intentions and the good that a regulation brings forward but they do not see the unintended consequences the unseen uh, consequences that occur during this crisis this coronavirus we have a lot of people have become more aware of the unintended consequences and the unseen um, a lot of the red tape has had to be removed. You have the government moving at a snail's pace due to its inability to function because of the crippling regulations that are in place on the market. And it goes back to incentives and the incentives of government and the incentives of people. People operating freely, liberated, observe complications or problems in society, in the marketplace, and they are incentivized to solve these problems. When the government lays down regulations limiting the activity of people, limiting the actions that people can take to, to solve these problems, they are disincentivizing the actors from actually solving the problem. Whereas government is incentivized to consolidate power and resources in order to enrich itself and to further ensnare its control over society. If there is no problem to be solved, government must create a problem in order to further consolidate power. They do not operate, government does not operate as a free market system it operates as a ruling class. It operates as a control mechanism. 
the best way to look at at how this would be is to say that government is an operator and you are the machine in its eyes this is why the school system is created in such a way to where they are training you to be a cog in the wheel or in the machine in which you operate and function in order to further consolidate their power and to further enrich them. You can see instances of this as the, as the Federal Reserve pumps trillions of dollars into the economy, yet only $250 billion of that money is to go to the cogs in the machine, and that's just to keep the cogs greased up and turning smoothly whenever the crisis you know uh, falls away they know they've left you with no choice but to continue to operate and all they're trying to do is to keep you from seizing up But they have to lubricate the fuck out of their corporate cronies in order to keep them operational within their confines. See, the poor, the middle class, are restricted as to where they may, may locate. They're restricted to within the borders of this country. They're restricted to their citizenship. They don't have the freedom of movement that somebody with billions of dollars has. A billionaire has no country. A billionaire or a millionaire has the ability to, to flee and to take their wealth with them. And the government and the Federal Reserve recognize that they have become dependent upon these people. So they continue to lubricate the pockets and the checking accounts, the salaries and the bonuses of these people by redistributing wealth from lower economic classes to the wealthier of society. But the wealthier of society are not operating as a free market. It is the citizens, it is the everyday people, it is you and your neighbor, it is you and your local grocery store that operate as a free market. And a free market, as I've said many times before, is the only true collective. Because anytime you enter the government intervening into society in between the activities of two voluntary individuals it is not a collective but a prison they are enslaving you to specific types of activities and interactions between each other 
whether you realize it or not. But if you attempt to create a currency at the community level, it is not your neighbor that is going to bring down hellfire and damnation onto you. It is the federal government in order to continue its control over your uh, economic influence on, on your community. The, in, in any kind of aspect that you're, in any type of political system that, or economic system that you're politically attempting to force upon other people, whether it's socialism or capitalism or communism, we've talked about all the isms and how I feel about the isms. Anytime that that is forced upon you, that is not a collective. That is those, the haves and the have-nots. And the have-nots are operating to further the wealth of the haves, to further the power of the haves. You're not looking at a collective, you're looking at them. And it is th in their best interest to convince you that their wealth and their prosperity and their power and their control is beneficial to you. And that the more power they consolidate, the more it benefits you and your freedom. But your freedom only goes as far as they allow it to. Whereas if in a free market, without the interventionism, without the third party control over and regulating the, the interactions, the way that things may be traded, the way that you may coordinate yourself with the economy, with society, that is the true collective. It is the, it is the only way that people come together functionally and cooperate when a man and a woman come together and create a family that family functions on a voluntary basis it is not functioning on a coercive basis and any time that it turns into a coercive relationship an abusive relationship it is doomed it is not functioning properly. And this is the, the relationship between the citizens and the government. And we have to get rid of this idea that it's individualist. Just like we have to get rid of the idea that non-intervention overseas is somehow isolationist. We are not talking about being atomized individuals 
hermits separating ourselves from society, from the community. But on the contrary, we're talking about benefiting the community to the best of our ability without intervention, without intervention, without interference. We're talking about seeing problems, coming up with solutions, and working in order to better the marketplace and better the collective, better society. There's no, there's no, if, if you are a prisoner within a prison, the warden is not representing you. He is not operating in your best interest. He is operating to keep peace among the prison population in order to force the collective ideal upon you. So, they do the same thing whenever they're training soldiers. And they force you into this collective. And you may not like the soldier next to you. So what they have to do is they have to implement a specific ideal into your mind that every person can rally around. A specific enemy. They have to collectivize you through force, intimidation, and coercion, therefore creating a central enemy for everyone to consolidate around. And this is the situation that a government puts its citizenry in. The government is the warden. It is the prison system. We are the prisoners. And they have to nationalize these ideas and create within the citizenry a common goal, a common focus that they control like operators on a machine. And if one cog seizes up, that cog must be punished. If one cog is not adhering to what benefits the warden and the prison staff, then that prisoner must go into solitary confinement. And when the prisoners determine that they are the true collective voluntarily operating amongst each other, trading with each other, living together, and they riot against the prison staff, they have created a voluntary collective and turned on the oppressors that are above them. Now this isn't, I'm not calling for a violent revolution. What I'm trying to do is put into perspective the way this works. And when you look at how the CDC botched the testing for coronavirus, 
when you look at how the FDA had to remove red tape for like two weeks solid before any actions could be taken. When you see that Dyson came out with a ventilator only 10 days they had designed, a vacuum cleaner company was able to design a ventilator within 10 days and start selling it almost immediately. When you see that and you recognize that the market operates in, with incentive for the collective in that the government has been functioning in such a way that it only continues to empower itself at the detriment of the collective, one must wonder, are the regulations even fit during a healthy time? If the, if the regulations are detrimental to the citizens of the country, to the collective, to those of us who are operating like little worker bees within the e economy, and it is putting us at risk during a time of crisis, are they fit to exist during a time of good health, a time of well-being? Does, does the government that inflicts these regulations onto us at the detriment of our health and our well-being, is it even fit to exist? Should we be forced to become a mechanism of a machine that the government has designed for us? Or should we be able to work within our own communities, with our neighbors, with those that, with our family, with our friends, to create our own machines and our own mechanisms that operate smoothly and on a voluntary basis without the threat of coercion or theft to finance? and to further consolidate power. When you begin to recognize that collectivism is a bad word only under the threat of violence, only under the threat of coercion, only under the threat of force, and that the market operates as a collective, it is miniature individuals operating together to create solutions to problems that other people may utilize. In that without the government injecting trillions of dollars to lubricate the pockets of their crony friends, when you see 3.3 million people file for unemployment, you would not see the stock market skyrocket without the existence of the government picking its winners and losers, knowing that the business class, that these billionaires, that these people, that the government has, has put themselves in the pocket of, they are taking all that new free money from the government and buying cheap stocks with it because you have socialized their losses. 
when the, the middle class, the working class are, are expected to pay trillions upon trillions of dollars for the next umpteen years in order to prop up the wealthy billionaire class it's time to take a step back and say this does not function in our best interest that we are we the people working are the collective we operating and functioning on a voluntary basis within our own societies having a nice little conversation with the cashier at the local supermarket we are the collective and that as long as you are propping up a warden over this institution that we live within you are creating a prison in which we are to obey their commands to further enrich them that we're not operating in a system that for that enriches us as individuals as people as market as 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 market shares as as the ability to work with with each other voluntarily we are enriching those that seek to control And we are expected to conform to their authority, to their ideals of how this machine should operate. But this is not a singular machine. The United States is made up of thousands of communities, thousands of cultures, millions of families, And we should not be expected to operate as a single unit. Asking the United States to operate as a single unit is no different than asking North America to operate as a single unit. Or how about North and South America? Why not North America, South America, and Europe? How about every continent, every human on the face of the earth operate with one single goal in mind? Well, that's not realistic. It's not realistic to expect 7 billion people to be aiming all their attention and all their efforts into the same direction. And the chaos of individuals acting individually in order to move forward their self-interest pays off only if that individual is creating value for the community. And if the community values, if one community, let's say my little community, values something particular 
let's say, I don't know, inflatable dams that you can inflate during a flood and place up around your house, does that mean that those in Kentucky, in the mountains, that don't have to worry about flooding, should be valuing that same device? But that's how government operates. It operates in a one-size-fits-all fashion. Every person must adhere and obey and conform to the controls of the warden sitting in the White House. And his prison staff is sent out among the people to ensure that this prison population in the institution in which we live functions and cooperates exactly as they determine it should. Now I started off talking about regulation. The fact of the matter is that much of this regulation, as we've discussed in the past, is put into place in order to keep competition out of the market in favor of the corporations that are paying or buying politicians to act in their favor. But that's not the only thing. Some of these regulations are sold as to keep you safe. Let's say the regulation of truck drivers. That every two years a truck driver must go get a medical card and they must have a, a, a physical done about them. No matter how old that truck driver is, no matter what that truck driver's health may be or may not be, they are taken off the road for hours, losing money, and forced to go get a medical examination. That will be then be tethered to their driver's license in order to prove to the state that they are healthy enough as if the state is capable of determining this to continue operating a commercial vehicle. Now, could private companies have different requirements? What if Crete, the company I work for, doesn't want to hire drivers that suffer from sleep apnea and they don't want to provide CPAPs, but the government requires them to do so? What if Schneider doesn't mind hiring drivers and providing CPAPs? What if Crete doesn't want to hire diabetic drivers or drivers that smoke? What if Swift only hires drivers that smoke? The fact of the matter is that the blanket regulation for these medical cards have now been waived because the government realizes, heh, that takes time away from getting shipments to the warehouses. And yeah, we probably don't need to do that. Well, if it's not needed 
in a time of crisis, then obviously it's not needed during a time of well-being. What about hours of service limitations on drivers? In a 14-hour day, we are allowed to drive 11 hours before we take a 10-hour break and reset our clock for another 14-hour day. Okay, fine. But when I first started driving, it was a 16-hour day and you were required to take an 8-hour break. And then one day, about 10 months after I started driving, they decided, nah, now it's 14 and 14 hours and 10 hours off instead of 16 hours and 8 hours off. Well, what gives the government the knowledge of each and every individual driver to know that this is the best operating function for that driver? Why isn't it 12 and 12? Do, doesn't it seem that rotating being on a rotating clock may be detrimental to some driver's health if they're older and they need they need to be more on a set regimen. Maybe a younger driver doesn't need to sleep as much. Maybe some drivers need to take more breaks during the day while others don't. Everybody's body is different. Yet you have blanket regulations that drivers are forced to adhere to except during a time of crisis. And now they've waived all hours of service limitations on drivers in specific states. Does that tell you that these regulations were necessary? Does it look like these drivers are incapable of making decisions about their own sleep patterns and their own health and their own well-being and that the government cares more for them and more about how they function and operate than they do? do does the body of a driver speak to the regulators at the FMCSA prior to the driver knowing what his body is saying? No. It's ridiculous to think that they have some sort of beacon on how these drivers function. Now this is regulations that I deal with on a daily basis and I recognize and I understand. And there's so many more regulations that have been lifted and moved and, and uh, gotten rid of. But the fact of the matter is that it's obvious the regulations were meant to control the marketplace and stop voluntary communication, voluntary action between citizens in order to further consolidate power for the federal government. The CDC wants to control the FDA wants to control whether or not you have access to certain medications, certain ventilators, certain health care. And these controls bit them in the ass. 
And when the people realize that the, the true collective is the voluntary interaction, the voluntary cooperation of the marketplace outside of the intervention of the government and of these regulations and of these bureaucracies, when we lift the stigma from the term collectivism and learn to use it as a system of voluntary cooperation amongst each other, whether you create co-ops or syndic uh, syndicates, um, whether you adhere to a syndicalist or a communist or a socialist or a nationalist uh, type of belief system politically, we should be viewing the economic system, that system in which gives us life, that allows us to sustain our lives and our way of living, should not be controlled and manipulated and robbed of us by the warden of the prison and his cronies no matter who that warden is whether that warden be Obama or Trump or Bush or Carter or Johnson I have no preference they are all horrible they all use coercion and force in order to make sure that you are an operating mechanism within this machine that they envision as a single unit. And that the collective, the people, the workers, the marketplace functions in the best interest of those of us that operate within it. Not propping up the controls of the prison staff. Anyway, I know this is a little bit shorter episode and this is probably a slightly different take on than what you expected me to have. But I wanted I, I want to try to find a way, especially during this time in which libertarianism is so utterly important and it is so valuable in saving lives to rid this economic system of this interventionism, of these regulations. That it is time that we learn to be able to speak to one another and to express these ideas in ways that are attractive. And I think by trying to sound like a bunch of individualists, a bunch of atomized hermits that just want to operate on our own outside of the confines of society is a mistake. And that we have to begin to look at the marketplace as the only legitimate collective, not using coercion, not forcing others to, to adhere to our belief system and our political theology or philosophy, 
but to voluntarily cooperate amongst each other by offering value to each other within this market, which is how the market operates. And I think libertarians make a very, very detrimental argument about collectivism when they ignore the fact that the market is a collective, that the market requires you to create value for those around you in order for you to sustain your life. And that the intervention of the federal government or state governments in your ability to create that value is detrimental to the entire society to the collective market of people that are operating in order to live. So hopefully it makes sense and it is valuable, at least a valuable thought process and exercise for you. I'm Tommy Salmons. Late.